And welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC. I'm your host, Sean Fry. It is officially football season week, and I've got Labette County Grizzlies head coach Sean Price here with me. Uh, to, it's it's finally here. Summer's behind us, uh, Sean, and I'm curious. Just tell me what you feel in this time of the year. Oh, you know, anxiety. It's <laughs> <laughs> all, all we feel yeah, at this point. You know, nervous, excited. You know, I mean, there's, everything's kind of rolling into one big one big snowball right now. I mean, I am. I'm, I'm excited for our kids. We made it this point again. Uh, you know, every year, you know, everybody gets to start off 0-0. Mm-hmm. Kind of get to see where you're at, you know, and, uh, you know, what the work you put in, you know, accomplished and everything like that. So, you know, I'm excited for our kids and you know, nervous for myself. There we go. Let's uh, let's talk about something that came back this year is Jamborees. And I guess the first question, you went to Columbus, saw a few teams there. Before we talk about how you did this past Friday night and what maybe your initial <laughs> thoughts were, let's talk about the fact that Jamborees are back. We had we got them two, year, two three years ago, uh, but then we had to do away with them. Uh, Keisha did away with them as a COVID protocol. Probably it was the right call at that point. We saw how heavily affected the fall was. You had to go find a game at one point last season. Because uh, Independence had to duck out for a couple weeks, but uh, you know the return of Jamborees. W- what was the meaning of that to you, especially with a, you? You have a a new quarterback, you have a young team, and you're a team, honestly, Sean. That's you know you you've struggled through a, you know a couple two, three, four win seasons over these last few years. You want a good, healthy preseason look. Did you get that, and how valuable is that? Yeah, you know it's it was exciting, you know, to see the crowd there. Obviously, it's a uh, you know, it's start of a new year, like I said earlier, but yeah, we have so many unknowns going into this season, you know, with the new quarterback and everything else. I mean, we did not have our, you know, one of our best receivers Friday night. We hope we'll get him back next Friday night. We lost a new, our other, our best receiver. We probably aren't going to have him for a couple of weeks now. So we didn't come out of it unscathed. I mean, that's always the hope, you know, you come out of it, but, mm-hmm. uh, like that, but it just didn't happen for us. So, uh, you know, we're, we're young, and like I said, we're starting two freshmen, you know, on the offense and defensive line, which, you know, you know they're good freshmen. They are, but mm-hmm. we don't want to start a freshman. Obviously, you know, you'd like to, but with, with numbers in the area, I mean, it's not just us. Everybody's down, you know. I mean, Columbus only had a handful of seniors. We have a handful of seniors. We don't got many more sophomores and juniors, so it's, uh, you know, we're really a freshman-loaded team uh, number-wise. So, uh, you know, these guys are going to get – Dipped in the fire pretty quick. Who did you see at Columbus besides Columbus, obviously? Iola was there. Iola. How did, uh, as she curiosity, how did Iola look? Because I might see that. I'll probably see them week two. I'm coming to see you guys week one when you play Pittsburgh. But I'm going to see Iola week two. When yeah, Coach Doherty does a really good job. Mm-hmm. You know, I really like, actually, I he was playing at Iola when I was coaching at Columbus. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I know who he is a little bit. But uh, I think him and the staff do a really good job with their kids. And, and I think they run the schemes that their kids can they can run and have success in. So I thought he did a really good job. They always have a decent line to me. They don't, they're not always loaded with skill kids, but they have always had a solid offensive line. And anytime I've watched any team play them, they're a tough out. Uh, let's talk about Labette County football a little bit. And we mentioned a new quarterback. It's Kendall Holtzman, sophomore. He made one appearance last year, and it was in that playoff loss to Bishop Miege. Tonganoxie. Tonganoxie, sorry. It's it's almost happened at this point. Did you say yeah. it should be aged? It feels up. like it. <laughs> uh, and he he looked good in his one appearance. I believe he was what three or four. Or five, he threw five passes, completed four of them, had over a hundred yards, had a touchdown in there. He had three touchdowns. 
three touchdowns and five yeah. passing attempts, yeah. just something crazy in a playoff in a playoff game too. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious now that he's the full time starter. What, what has he really looked like? What is your initial takeaways on what this kid can do, and maybe what he's still lacking in right now? Where his biggest growth needs to come from? Yeah, biggest thing. I don't want to put pressure on him. I mean, he's a sophomore. In my career, you know, this is my 29th year, and you know, as a head coach, I've been 18, 19 years. This is only the second sophomore I've ever started. Mm-hmm. The other would have been my son at Chautauqua, and you know, I think Chautauqua here is a different animal. You know, as far as size and what you have to do as a quarterback. I, you know, you, you take it incrementally, you know, incrementally, I can't say Incrementally. It. You know what I'm saying. Okay, but I, I taught social studies too, okay? So, you know, it's, it's a deal is, you know, we knew what he, last year, he, we knew he could throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So we look at what we need to improve as far as the mental game and stuff like that, still working mechanics, and, and he's made great progress. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's a, he has an arm talent, you know, and that's hard to find. I, I used to not think it was such a big deal, but it's super hard to find because mm-hmm. you just cannot, you, they don't grow on trees anymore. Kids don't want the pressure of playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have had that issue with some of our kids, um, you know, played it when they were younger and they want nothing to do with it now. So he's done a good job um, just getting a hold of the offense, getting the kids to believe in him because he's a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, man, they were pretty excited the other night, you know, Jamboree when he, he threw some touchdowns. So, uh, you know, always Glad to see our kids have success. Did you see this coming when he when Kendall was coming up through eighth grade? Because I'll admit, I didn't hear a, a ton about him, if anything about him, until late last year. I, I'm very curious. You know, what did you did you was this a premonition that you maybe envisioned? Well, I, eighth grade, if I remember right, I think he, he played quarterback in eighth grade. That was his first year, and uh, you know, knew he could throw the ball. You mm-hmm. know, but we knew mentally, you know, we we had to get better at some things, and um, you know, and just mechanically, he had to get better. You know, and um. You know, from year to year, he's made that progress. You know, um, I mean, as a freshman, you know, I, th- I thought he made some progress, did a good job. He understood his reads, which is key, mm-hmm. and he can make a decision. You know, that's the tough part in it. You know, I mean, anybody can stand back there. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, parents in the stands. I mean, they stand <laughs> there and they second guess what I do, but they're not on the field. They know what the reads are and what where you're supposed to go. There's so much into it. And, you know, I, I started seeing it last year as a freshman a little bit. You know, that's why we put him in the second half versus Tong and Ox. He just – to hopefully have some success, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at what you guys might look like this year, you know, we, we did a preseason interview. That magazine's out, by the way. I hope you saw a copy of it, uh, the the Southeast Kansas football fan guide. He's looking at me like he just – see, he, you can tell, guys, I have eight. Well, I'm sorry. he is not subscribed to the Parsons Sun newspaper. No, 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 I am. I just don't I, – I'm doing football. Sorry. Fair enough. Sorry. It's on your doorstep then, or in your it's in your mailbox. In my then. mailbox. Okay. It's in your the preseason magazine is in your mailbox. Uh, you're optimistic about what this year might might hold. Uh, give me a reason for that optimism, and then give me a reason on something that you might be a little scared of. You know, it's I I think if you don't get into it optimistic, I mean, so you're saying, hey, I'm going to walk in the season. Hey, we're going to be really bad. Let's go lose <laughs> some games. Let's just lose some clothes. <laughs> you know, we've lost a lot of close games. That's never the goal. Mm-hmm. There, you know, nobody gives a cookie after the game just because you played somebody close. I, I don't buy into that. I mean, we should have beat Fort Scott last year. Had, that had type beat. of progress is reserved yeah. for teams that are seriously, seriously struggled for a, genera- yeah. a generation. That is not what Labette County is at right now. But at the same time, if I'm being frank with you, the you have gone through a few years where I don't think you guys, you have personally lived up 
Well, we've lost our felt. quarterback two straight years. It's so, tough. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, you know, I, I, I would I would dare anybody not to struggle in a passing offense when you don't have a, a quarterback healthy. So it's a you know ours is it's been that we've you know our staff is Coach Argerbright on defense does a great job. All of our guys have done a good job defensively. We've been way ahead of our offense mm-hmm. last two years. We have our defense has carried us, absolutely no doubt about it. You know that's why we've been in games and it's been as close as this, but. That's, like I said, that's not our goal. We want to win football games for these kids. These kids work hard. They deserve to have success. And, yeah, I'm optimistic because I think we can go out and we win a lot of football games. Mm-hmm. How does the uh, league second this year, uh, the new uh, new Chanute Tribune sports editor, uh, Jerry McMaster's sister paper to the Parsons Sun, uh, he was out there watching the their jamboree. They were at Humble along with Parsons and along with uh, Burlington. He said Chanute looked good. Uh, I'm curious, you know, Looking at how the how the SEK league is going to look this year, I think it can be very balanced. I don't think there's going to be a bottom feeder. I think anybody can beat anybody at any time, and, and that creates some margin of error. But that also creates, you know, it, it makes every opportunity tough. Uh, you know, outside of I know you're always going to say that Lebec County can win a, a league title. I certainly believe that is a that is a possibility this year. Give me the two or three teams in the league outside of you guys that you feel like are just the the, the creme de la creme. I don't know. You look at you know on paper, obviously with Fort Scott, they have the sprinters. Yeah, they have the athletes. You know, um, and they get their quarterback back, and obviously he's a he's a good kid. We've not. I've never seen him. Honestly, I've never seen him play quarterback yet. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, very talented team. Um, I think their coaches do a good job. Fort Scott's always you know, going to be competitive. I think Coach Graham does a good job. We didn't see Independence last year. I mean, that's the unknown for us. Yeah, you know, you don't think ah, it's just one year. Well, that's still that's that's still one year. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you don't you don't see him, you don't see him. So, uh, you know, and Coffee always has athletes. So, I mean, that's I think that's where it opens it up when you can score on any given play, and uh, you know, any team you play can score on you any given play for sure. You know, that's kind of what our league is. I mean, we're kind of the, you know, it's where we're trying to get back to where you know we can score on any given play because we haven't taken our shots because we haven't been able to. We've had to have fifteen play drives, yeah, and hope not to make a mental mistake on. The Honestly, play. your biggest opportunities. Were manufactured by our defense, forcing a turnover on downs or or take away deep in opponent territory, and then your offense gets a short field. That was yeah. that was your offense was defense give us a short field. Yeah, defense did a, does a great job for it. they do. I mean, we um, I can only think of a couple games probably in the last two years where we were up first. You know, Parsons or not Parsons Chanute, we scored first, and I looked at Coach Argbrand. I said, "Okay, I did my job." <laughs> so, you know. You know, on, a, on an off note, real quick, before we go to break, I think Brian Lagerbright has been great at Lebec County High School. He's done a good job with that boys' basketball program. Uh, you know, it, 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 it suffered a, a couple da- a down year or two after Javon Relaford's senior year. Uh, and they're, they're play- they were playing well these last two years. They were tough. You, you go back from really the back half of that boys' basketball season in his first season uh, to now – one, I believe they have a winning record over that stretch, and B, that they're they've been a tough out every time. They beat a Parsons team in Parsons, and I know that you you talk about your defense carrying you. Uh, he's a defensive coordinator for that team too, and he's an energetic young guy that connects with him. I, I think he's he's a good hire for you. No, he's a great hire. I mean, he does less with more more with less every year. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think anybody. That's where we're at with male sports. We don't walk out on fields and courts and people go ooh. Man, I'll take some of that. We, we, you know, our kids just work hard, you know, and he does such a great job energizing those basketball players. And, you know, I hate basketball. I don't, I don't even like watching basketball most of the time. 
I go to all the games because I just like to watch him coach and how his kids react to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think Coach Snyder does the same thing. You know, they do a great job. And the true know, goat in that building, Christy Snyder. She's the goat. She definitely is. Absolutely. Well, hey, Sean, let's go to a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little more football, talk a little bit how it's looking this fall uh, here on the War Room on KOKC. Uh, don't go anywhere. And we're back here on the War Room here on KOKC. I'm joined by Lebette County Grizzlies football head coach Sean Price. It is football season, uh, Friday night. You guys take on Pittsburgh, uh, always a, a tough opponent. Played them uh, fairly closely last year. Uh, you, you told me on the phone, I said this was off the record when I said it, but I'm just going to break it out there. You told Shocker, me. Shocker, you phone, don't stand by your word. That's weird. <laughs> that's something right. New, that's something new you're trying. Fake news over here. <laughs> uh, you said, quote, we are going to beat Pittsburgh. Why are you. Give me why that – tell me why that's true. Well, because I'm not going to go into a game thinking I'm getting paid. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think we owe that to our kids. I mean, I think we have a good shot to beat – we can beat everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll tell you that every week. I mean, if I, I think if you have a different mindset, I guarantee Pittsburgh's probably not going this week and hey, let's just play Labette County close, guys, okay? I, d- I doubt Coach Mickelson's doing those things. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a confident guy. I mean, I think our kids have worked hard. Why not? Why can't we beat Pittsburgh? What do you think that atmosphere is going to be like Friday night? Obviously, you know, it's it, we have different. It, it's a different world than it was last fall. There was a lot of hesitancy last fall, given the pandemic. I still think there needs to be a little more caution thrown to the wind with stuff like that. And we can get into that conversation later. But there's certainly going to. I think there's going to be more fans in the stands this year, and I think you're going to see. You know, what's kind of the excitement on that? Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. It's going to be exciting opening. It's opening night, mm-hmm. Friday night, Pittsburgh, big town. You know, got 90 kids out. They'll bring a great crowd. I, I just think it's going to be electric, you know, and, it, you know, walking on the field, you know, you'll, every kid will feel it. I think Friday nights are special. It's different. Basketball, you go Tuesday and Friday. It's, it's different. You only, you only get nine guaranteed Friday nights. Yep. You know, that's a different sport than the rest of them. One thing I wanted, I wanted to address, and I don't know exactly where you stand on this, so I, I'm risking some friction here, but the show's called The War Room, and I want to have these types of conversations. And, you know, I'm breaching a sensitive subject with, you know, COVID vaccination, especially among your, your high schoolers and obviously specifically your high school football team right now. Uh, a kid, every school district and their guidelines and local guidelines, it's all going to look a little different. But by and large, if a kid is vaccinated, it's much harder for them to go get quarantined and be out for an extended period of time versus an unvaccinated kid. There's a lot of reasons my kid might might or might not be vaccinated, and I don't want to get too much in, into the politics of that, but how does that weigh as you manage your roster this year? Because I know that there's a certain, almost a legality probably, where you can't say, hey, you need to go get vaccinated, but I'm sure as a coach, to an extent, you might be able to explain, hey, if you're vaccinated, you might be, you know, you, you won't be quarantined and have to miss Friday. How, how do you kind of approach that? You know, you're, carefully. You know, I mean, you know, one time this summer, we just kind of gave our kids, you know, the gist of what could happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to tell a kid to go get vaccinated. That's their personal choice. I mean, you know, my son made his own personal choice in it. I made my own personal choice. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not forcing any my my beliefs on anybody, you know, in a perfect world. Would we not, we wouldn't have COVID. I wouldn't have to worry about it, you know, and, yeah. and, and maybe everybody's vaccinated. And so we don't have to worry about this, but that's just not the case. I don't care where you're at. That's not, you know, not 100% of a high school anywhere is not going to be vaccinated. I just don't see that with with our upper, you know, how we're raised and, you know, our politics and everything else where we're at right now in the world. So, uh, 
you know, we, we had kids that obviously have got it. I don't know. I mean, I've had a couple come forward and tell me, but that's their decision also, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of let them do what they want to do. They need to talk about that with their family, what's best for them. Uh, it's scary. I mean, it is considering, you know, if you're not, well, it's just like last year. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost a kid for 24 days because, you know, a family member got it. And he never got it. Mm-hmm. We're right back where we started at, and I don't understand that. It's it's very frustrating. To me it, it, it is frustrating. And a part of me, you know, putting the athletic society, I'm I'm almost fatigued by it. Yeah. And my real take on it is, I, I you know, I wish more people would get vaccinated, and I wish more people would, I, I believe society and the people that are trusted to make the decisions have put forth a plan over the last year that could have got us out of this, and I don't think we've done a good enough job and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, uh, you know, of doing it. And I do wonder, okay, well, you, you, we're going to see effects of that in high school athletics and in school in general. And and to me, that's that's what frustrates me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, as a head coach, it's, it's very stressful. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be an administrator right now. Because nope. <laughs> they're the ones, you know, I'm worried about 45 kids. Well, yeah. they're worried about thousands of kids. So it's it's tough. It is. You're getting pulled in different directions, you know. And like I said, the vaccination thing, the choice. I, I, I have mine. Mm-hmm. I got it because in 2004, I lost 40% of my right lung mm-hmm. to a disease, a smoker's disease that my parents gave me yeah. by secondhand smoke. So thanks, Mom and Dad. So, I mean, for me, I, I didn't want to be that underlying number, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, because that was it. So I made up, you know, my wife works in healthcare. you know. Mm-hmm. She got hers. Yeah. So, you know, we, we made a decision what we thought was best for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, as a big, as a matter of fact. So uh, everybody's going to do their own decision, though. You know, and I'm going to support the kids, whatever it is. I just, you know, I just want to play a football season. I, amen to that. One thing, I, we talked about this a little pre-show, and we're viewing subjects a little bit. So I, I want to give some background to our listeners. About a week or so ago, the 2020 census data came out uh, for the country, and you know, I don't. I'll admit I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but by and large, every town in this in Southeast Kansas, minus maybe Pittsburgh, and I really don't know about Pittsburgh, is down in population. And we were talking in the Parsons Sun newsroom about you know story ideas and, and you know how we can cover this as as a newspaper. And the idea I pitched at from the sports angle is, well, we need to, let's look at the last ten years and see how some of these trends might continue. We saw Oswego go from an 11-man to an 8-man football program. Chautauqua, your former school, is they're just struggling with numbers right now. I think a statewide thing we're going to see is the introduction of more widespread 6-man football. We're on the cusp of that, of having a Acacia-sanctioned state championship football, 6-man football season. It's obviously, it's, it, it is played in a few schools in western Kansas. It hasn't crept into eastern Kansas yet. But I believe Chautauqua may be one of the very first schools on this side of the state that could adopt it. Uh, you know, let's look at Lebec County a little bit. You have 45 kids out right now, and you said 20 are freshmen, 20 for one class. That's pretty good. But every other class, by and large, is down compared to previous years. I don't think it's going to be long until Lebec County football is 3A, and I don't think it's going to be long until Lebec County everything is 3A. Because uh, remember, Parsons is still a 4 They're smaller than you guys. They're still 4A in all sports but football. But I, I don't think it's going to be long until Parsons and Lebec County take those dips. I'm curious kind of what maybe you think about that and, and how you kind of see just population trends affecting high school sports in this area. Well, you know, I think a lot of us jobs, obviously. Everybody moves the city for jobs and things like that, more opportunities. Uh, 
that's not a trend that's new. I think, you know, it's, you know, I grew up in this area, you know, from Caney. Labette County was 5A. Parsons was 5A. Yeah. Iola was 5A. Columbus was the only 4A way back in the day. You know, now nobody's 5A no. in our area except for Pittsburgh. And, and but it's sustainable. Yeah. They have a university. It's a bigger city. Obviously, they can. They have the industries to do that. And we then don't. Pittsburgh's the only 5A between here and either Wichita or Kansas City, basically. Yeah, yeah they are. So, you know, we've seen it. Football, we, we're, we've been the bottom four or five for the last two cycles. You know, the problem is we're, we're about 40 kids, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, I mean, it would be great to be 3A. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, 3A is the old Division two and 4A. Mm-hmm. You know, the year that we thumped Frontenac pretty well. Yeah. They make the state championship, mm-hmm. you know. so I, mean, I do remember that. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> yeah, I remember it too. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, three would be great because we're, you know, but we are what we are. I mean, basketball, we're right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're not that close to going down. You know, actually, me and Coach Argerbright looked at it, you know, and it's a lot farther dip for us you than it is for football. I, I do wonder, and I was having this conversation with Andy Taylor. He's the uh, editor of the Montgomery County Chronicle. Yeah, I went to high school with him. Oh, yeah. He, he, anytime I mention your name, he, he lights up and he'll tell me a new story, and I can't tell any of them on this radio show. But, uh, Let's try not to. <laughs> but uh, good guy, by the way, and he's great at what he does. Yeah, great guy. Graduate with his brother. Good, another good guy. For sure. Uh, w- one thing Andy Taylor and I were kind of talking about is that as we see these population trends dip a little bit, and I think we're seeing more – I think we're going to see more polar ends of it. We're going to see really small schools – we're going to see really big schools. And then there's going to be kind of a wide gap in between. I think you see that with 4A already. I, I could pull up the Keisha website real quick, but there's a pretty wide gap. You know, hundreds and hundreds of students between. That's three to 400 top to bottom. That's a yeah, large gap. That's a it, large It's almost gap. double. It's almost double the smallest size. And so is that is that really, is that fair to call that one class? And yeah. what's maybe a fix for that? I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know the answers. I mean, part of the answer is, you know, when you look at the top of it, and the biggest school was a 5A school last year that controls their enrollment, and they're yeah. just under the cusp. Mm-hmm. Odd how that works sometimes. But, uh, you know, then they go win a state championship in 4A. Yeah. So, you know, it's frustrating, you know, because we don't control. We're going we're gonna to take kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to. In this area, you're not turning kids away unless they're just really – they're not doing the, the, the things they should be doing. You know, they won't make your school better. But, you know, you have to take kids. Mm-hmm. Not all of our schools are in that same boat. Do, do you think some of the disparity could be fixed by – and I understand Keisha has a million things they're dealing with right now, and uh, they just went through a reclassification thing about four years ago that I thought was well executed, and I think it's still well executed to this day. I understand they're still addressing the public-private thing. Uh, they have that proposal. I haven't addressed it at all. At least they have a proposal on the table that they're going to talk about. Okay. Uh, but l- looking specifically at how you classify all schools, whenever all that is ironed out, do you think maybe a system where there's just, 4A is a range and there's not a set number of schools in 4A? Do you think that, or, or in any class, do you think that's a better system? Uh, you know, it could be. It could be a little like, um, you know, the conference at Chisholm Trail League, CTL, mm-hmm. Arc Valley League, just together with Goddard, Hutch. Winfield, see, that's truly, I think that's a three-tier league. Yeah. And it goes by, you know, it changes by your population of your kids, whether you're Division One, Two, or Three. It changes all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, every cycle, there can be movement. Well, that's not such a bad idea. 
Yeah. You know, I think they, they could be the model to kind of adopt. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they've done it right. I think, you know, it's a super league, mm-hmm. you know, actually I was in Winfield when they were, I was a D coordinator when they were talking about and ended up going to that league, doing a super league. And that was the reason because we were playing at Winfield. We were, we were five, a super small five, a we were playing the biggest school in, in the state Derby. We yeah. were playing Hutch and Randy Dryling. So, I mean, it's, a, <laughs> you know, it's, there's a little disparity in numbers for sure. Uh, last thoughts. You got about thirty seconds. Uh, what What are we expecting Friday night? I know you said you, we're going to win. What is something that Labette County football fans can expect to see Friday night as you guys take on Pittsburgh and Altamont? I think Pittsburgh better bring their lunch pills because we brought ours. We're going to play hard. There we go. We're tough out. Uh, that'll do it here on the War Room. Always happy for football season to be upon us. Uh, I, I get stale in the summers, and so I'm happy to be just have sports back and to. You, you want to say something? Just say it real quick. Nah, Get it off your fine. chest. You're always still, but go ahead. There we go. Everybody have a good day. God bless. <laughs>